This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Wednesday morning wake-up call here on Sports Country Radio. The 10th day of May 2023, our last show for uh, a little over a week as uh, we Head out today, or tomorrow morning, I should say, for El Paso, Texas. A little vacation for my wife and I. So uh, thanks for spending some time with us this morning as uh, we get ready uh, to head out the door. It was not a great night if you are a Boston sports fan. Matter of fact, it was a downright brutal night. Uh, The Red Sox and the Celtics both stunk it up last night. I, you know, of course, I started watching the Red Sox game, and, uh, and Nick Pavetta was just brutal. The game was over essentially in the first inning. By the second inning, you definitely knew which way it was going. So I said, I said I can't watch this anymore. So I turned it off. I turned on the Celtics game. I turned it on, and they're down a dozen points. And it just got worse from there. So it was a rough, rough night to be a Boston fan. There's no doubt about that. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll get to all of that a little bit more in depth uh, in a couple of minutes. Uh, but um, <laughs> the big news yesterday, of course, was that, uh, and not in the sports world, but the big news was that the uh, jury came back in the Donald Trump sexual assault trial. And he was found guilty. He was not found guilty of rape, but he was found guilty of sexual assault. And um, if you are a member of the Republican Party or a member of the Republican Party leadership, you have to wonder now how you hitch your wagon to this guy. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, how can... And if you're an American, I don't care what party you're in. How can you vote for this guy who has been convicted of sexually assaulting a woman? And, folks, it took the jury just two and a half hours to come back. It was a no-brainer. I, I just, it boggles my mind. So how, if you are, if you are a intelligent person, how can you say, yes, we need to have a guy, I mean, there's been all kinds of innuendo and all kinds of rumors and all kinds of things said about things that he has done 
But now we have been in a court of law and we have had a jury say, yes, he did this. He did this. And we know there's other, way more cases like that. Other people that have accused him came forward in this trial. And this is a guy that in his deposition said uh, that, you know, over the years, people that are quote-unquote stars can get away with that. And he says, unfortunately, or fortunately, holy crap. So how do you vote for this guy? How, as an American public, can we put this guy in office? And I don't care what you feel about Joe Biden. Do I think Joe Biden is the greatest president in the history of presidents? Absolutely not. Do I wish there was somebody else they could put out there? Absolutely. And if you are the Republicans, there has to be an alternative to Donald Trump. You know, you can be the biggest dyed-in-the-wool Republican and absolutely not want a Democrat in there. And I get that. I was a Republican for a lot of years until Donald Trump. Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, they all have their issues, but they're better than Donald Trump. Chris Christie, they're better than Donald Trump. Chris Christie, you know, was uh, accused of taking some, uh, some kickbacks and stuff when he was governor of New Jersey. Hell, he's better than Donald Trump. There has to be better than that. There has to be. Our country has to be better than that. And to have him go on last night and say, this is the biggest hoax. I have no idea who this woman is. I don't know where she came. What a load of crap. And, and, and you know what? Maybe he really believes that because he's so delusional and he's, and he's uh, done this to so many women that he has lost count. And, he, and even in a – he was asked to pick uh, – he was shown a picture of her, this woman, when she was younger. And he said it was his ex-wife, his first wife. I mean, come on. So maybe, you know, maybe he really believes that. Honest to God. So, you know, so now if you're the Republicans, you just have to figure out where you go from here. But he cannot be the answer. And, and all these people that are, you know, worship at the throne of Donald Trump, you have to now say, can we, can he govern after this? I don't see how. I honestly don't. I don't see how. So I don't care whether you're a Democrat or a Republican or whether you hate Joe Biden, whether you love Joe, whatever. At the end of the day, we cannot have a guy that has been convicted of sexual assault. And like I said, I get, there's way more of that out there. You know, this is a guy that said you grab him by the you-know-what. And then in the deposition says, unfortunately or fortunately, that, you know, their stars can do this stuff. I mean, my God. It's just, it's just unbelievable. So there has to be better. And, and, and believe me, I am not a Mike Pence fan. I am not a Nikki Haley fan. I am not a Chris Christie fan. 
But at the end of the day, they got to be better if you are a Republican than Donald Trump. The only guy I'm not saying, I'll tell you what, I think I'm, I'm trying to decide whether I'd rather have Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis, because I think Ron DeSantis is, he's Donald Trump, but smarter. Honestly, you know what I mean? But he's, but he's, he's smarter, but he's also, you know, ruthless. Oh, so anyway, uh, I just, I mean, I had to take a second to, to acknowledge that. That's just unreal. And then, then yesterday we find out that this, this liar that got elected to Congress, George Santos, is facing federal criminal charges. We don't know exactly what for yet. We haven't found that out. But he's going to be charged with something. And it's probably got to do with, uh, you know, uh, campaign thing, you know, with uh, campaign uh, finances. This is a guy that said that he loaned his campaign money uh, from this business and that didn't even become incorporated until after he got elected. I mean, just unreal. You know, I mean, <laughs> unreal, unreal. So, you know, this is what the Republicans have right now, folks. And, and uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy, the, the Speaker of the House, doesn't want to lose George Santos. Why? Because if he loses George Santos, he loses a vote, and then it's going to be hard for him to govern. And, and, and that's all he cares about. That's all he cares about. It's un- unbelievable, folks. Unbelievable. Uh, one other thing before we get to uh, the actual sports from last night, the disaster that was uh, for Boston fans uh, a, a Tuesday night. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but back last year, the Buffalo Bills drafted a punter by the name of Matt Ariza. And this kid was an unbelievable kicker in college. He was known as the punt god when he kicked at San Diego State. This is a guy that was a consensus All-American. Okay? He was selected by the Bills in the sixth round of the NFL draft in 2002. And then word came out that he was involved and accused by some young woman of raping her, that he was part of a group of people that raped her in an off-campus party, um, and she said where she went in and out of consciousness and men assaulted her for about an hour and a half. The kid uh, uh, said all along he had nothing to do with it. He wasn't even there when it happened. You know, he didn't do it. He didn't do it. But the Bills cut him because they couldn't afford the PR hit. Well, guess what? And and by the way, he was never charged by the San Diego uh, district attorney. Well, guess what? You know why he wasn't? Because there was testimony from a witness that said that Ariza left the party an hour before the time of the reported rape. He wasn't even there when it happened. There are video timestamps, I guess, of of what happened there. And he left the party 
and at mid, at half past midnight, and whatever happened happened at like one thirty in the morning. Which, by the way, you know, nothing good ever happens. You know, one, two, three in the morning, nothing good ever happens. But he wasn't even there. But the Bills released him anyway and ruined this kid's life. This kid had a chance to be a professional football player. Now, you know, he was at an off-campus party. So what? How many of us, when we went to college, didn't go to a party? But before they even got the facts, they cut him. And this, this, uh, this came out, ESPN obtained audio from a meeting that happened on December 7th, 2022. A few months after Ariza had been cut, where the details were discussed. And that is why he was never charged, because he wasn't there. I feel so badly for this kid. So badly. Um, you know, there's. We are so quick to rush to judgment with everything in this country these days. Everything. It doesn't matter what it is, the color of the sky. That we don't even wait to get the facts. You know what I mean? It's just crazy. Now, after this has come out and become public, will he get another chance? I hope so. But I don't know. I don't know. So that's the police blotter for the day. Donald Trump... George Santos, and then uh, you know this 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 kid that that should have never been cut from the Buffalo Bills to begin with. Uh, news came down yesterday. Denny Crum passed away yesterday. Uh, Denny Crum, great basketball coach, legendary uh, guy that coached at Louisville, led them to two national championships. They were one of the most dominant programs in the uh, late 70s up to the early 90s. I mean, this was a great team. Uh, He retired uh, in 2001. He was the coach at Louisville for 30 years, 675 wins. They won the title in 1980 and 1986. Guy who uh, learned from John Wooden, who was probably the best there's ever been. If you remember, he always used to wear that uh, red red blazer. And... uh, Led him to 23 NCAA tournaments, six Final Fours, and as I said, two national championships. Passes away yesterday uh, at the age of 86. Um, so I referenced what a brutal night it was, and I it just, you know, I go from watching Nick Pavetta lose a game in the first inning to watching the Celtics in a game where they had a chance to take a 3-2 series lead in a series that, quite frankly, folks, could have been over in four, right? They lose a game in overtime. Joel Embiid doesn't even play in game number one, the NBA's MVP, and they can't even win that game. You know, uh, it, <laughs> this team has no excuses. I said it yesterday. The Bucks aren't even in this anymore. This is a very beatable 76ers team. Celtics owned them in the regular season. And they came out yesterday and were just brutal. Jason Tatum at 36 points, but he shot 11 for 27. Marcus Smart, who's supposed to be this great defensive player, doing stupid things like fouling uh, 
James Harden when he's taking a three-pointer. It's just maddening with this team. So many times, you know, this season, and even in the playoffs in the first round, they, they just seem disinterested half the time. I don't get it. You know, maybe maybe Joe Mazzula, the head coach, is the problem. Maybe because he doesn't call timeouts and he trusts his players too much. You know, you would think at the pro level you don't have to be a micromanager, but maybe that's what this team needs. Seriously. This team doesn't have a lot of flaws roster-wise. You know what I mean? So I, I don't. I don't get it. I, I, Missoula has to take some of the responsibility. But last night was just brutal. Joel Embiid was great. I mean, it can't take anything away from him. He had his 30, I mean, his third straight 30-point game. Also had seven rebounds, four block shots, hitting three-pointers. James Harden damn near had a triple-double. Well, so the Celtics now have to go to Philadelphia on Thursday, and they have to win in Philly. I, look, here's the good news. They had to do the same thing last year, right? I mean, I guess if there's any any consolation here, the Celtics had to do the same thing last year to, to get to the NBA Finals. They were down 3-2, had to come back and win against the Milwaukee Bucks. They did it. This Sixers team, nowhere near as good as that Bucks team last year. So you'd like to think that, you know, this team decides to show up and play, they can do that. But it should not have come to that. You know, losing that game the other night in overtime to James, you know, when, on that James Harden three was a killer. But the one that, that, that just sticks in your craw is game one when Embiid's not even playing and they can't win that. And, and last night was just a perfect example of what's wrong there is to tell you that there's something wrong with this team. Celtics had no business, not just not losing the game last night, but getting embarrassed. They were down 21 points in the third quarter. It's embarrassing. The fans were just, they're booing. That might have been there, you know, that might have been as bad as they've been all year. How about, how about you, you go to the free throw line 18 times in the second quarter, and you still get outscored in the quarter. Holy crap. And then uh, Denver Nuggets last night. Uh, Nikola uh, Jokic, a triple-double, 29-13-12. and 12, 10th career playoff triple-double, uh, which, by the way, is the most in NBA history by a center. Uh, broke a tie with Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, they are up 3-2 now. They have a chance to close it out if they can win in Phoenix um, on Thursday night. I'll tell you one thing we have found in these playoffs. Being the, the higher seed isn't, isn't all it's cracked up to be. So, uh, you know, so the Suns are going to have to come back. A lot of people think they are the best team in the Western Conference, and now they find themselves in a hole. The Celtics are the best team left in the Eastern Conference, and they are in the 3-2 hole. So we will uh, we'll have to see. But, man, I'll tell you what, the Celtics have got to show up on Thursday night. 
and then they are going to have to lay uh, the hammer down on the weekend to win this thing in, in a seventh game. And I'll tell you what, the way they've played now, when the Miami Heat win their series, and they're up three games to one, so they're going to win that series, when, when they have to play the Heat, that scares me. Oh, my God. The inconsistent play of this team down the stretch in the regular season and at times during, you know, during the entire regular season, I guess, at times. And and in the playoffs, it's just, it's, this isn't as bad a collapse as the Boston Bruins because you'll be hard-pressed to find one worse. But, man, it's close. It's 27 minutes past the hour. When we come back, we're going to talk about Nick Pavetta. That'll be great. Back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 29 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake-up call here on a Wednesday morning, our last show uh, for uh, a little over a week as uh, I head out uh, for Texas tomorrow morning. Um, <laughs> that's going to be a long drive. Looking forward to it. Got a lot to do today. Got to make sure I get the grass cut so it doesn't look like a jungle when I get back, but uh, we'll be busy. But uh, what I'm going to try not to think about is the Boston Red Sox. Uh, yesterday was just maddening to me. Um I mean, the game, look, you knew you had your work cut out for you. You're playing the Atlanta Braves. They're 24-11. and 11. You know how good they are. It's not like I expected the Red Sox to go into Atlanta and blow these guys out. But I, I hoped for a competitive game. Well, Nick Pavetta made sure that didn't happen in the first inning. He gives up a leadoff single and then a two-run bomb. He's thrown like six pitches, and the Red Sox are down. Two nothing. Then what does he do? He walks the next guy. Then he hits Sean Murphy. Right? So single bomb walk hit batter. He gets a strikeout, but then throws a wild pitch which allows the runners to advance. And then Ozzy Albies dunks one into right field, and it's four nothing in the first inning. Nick Pavetta is like the game's over. There's something wrong with Nick Pavetta. Look, last year, or, or in 91, or excuse me, 91, <laughs> wow. In 20, 2021, he was throwing the ball 95, 96 miles an hour. His fastball velocity is down considerably. It's down to about an average of 93 and a half. People are hitting the ball harder. The ball's not moving as much. I mean, there's something wrong. Uh, and if you're the Red Sox, you know, there's a lot of talk about what they're going to do with this rotation. And a lot of people say, well, does Tanner Houck belong in the bullpen? Does Garrett Whitlock belong in the bullpen? What are they going to do? James Paxton's coming back. He's being activated today. How about we get Nick Pavetta the hell out of the rotation? You know, I mean, why isn't you know why isn't his name talked about more going to the bullpen? You know, I, I, and Pavetta's got a little surly last night in post post game comments. Because somebody did suggest to him, do you think you know your next start's going to be an audition for staying in the rotation? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Bah. Look, you know, and look, we don't know that James Paxton coming back. James Paxton hasn't been on an active roster in like two years. 
right? I mean, this is a guy that has had so many injuries, and but when he, you know, when he last pitched steadily, he was good. You know, when he was with the Yankees in 2019, he was really good. But obviously you can't count on getting that from him because he's been out for so long. But here's the thing. James Paxton's ER, James Paxton, or Nick Pavetta's ERA is 6.23 in seven starts. And you say, okay, well, you know, it's the start of the season. How concerned should we be? Well, Julian McWilliams this morning in the Boston Globe pointed out the following. Okay, it's a small sample size. But if you take in to what he did last year from in 24 starts dating to last July, his ERA is 6.09. That is not a small sample size. They are 9 and 15 in those 24 starts, and he's given up 25 bombs in those 24 starts. This is not an anomaly. You know, the one thing you can say for Nick Pavetta is he will take the ball every fifth day. He will go out, and he will give you everything he's got. The problem is I don't think he's got much anymore. And it's not like he's an old man. But, look, James, I mean, Nick Pavetta at, at best is a four-starter, and now he's a five-starter, and he's maybe not even that. The Red Sox have plenty of starting pitching. Is it great? No. The problem is, and that's the problem, and actually when you look at the Red Sox right now, it's downright amazing, amazing that they have the record that they do considering how bad their starting pitching is. Folks, the Red Sox starting pitching has an ERA of 6.10 after last night. And somehow, they are still five games over 500, which is a testament to the way they've been hitting the baseball and how good that bullpen has been, by and large, with the exception of Ryan Brazier. With a starter's ERA of 6.10, it's more likely they would have the Oakland Athletics record than what they do. That's crazy. So something has to change. And right now, Nick Pavetta is the weakest link in that rotation. Brian Bayo is still young. He's still got a lot of promise. He has shown the ability to get guys out. Chris Sale seems to have mostly figured it out. He's never going to be the Chris Sale that we have seen in the past. But if he can get even close to that, the Red Sox are in good shape. Tanner Houck has shown that he can be serviceable as a starter. There are concerns about him when he gets into the third time through the, road, uh, through the order, whether he can sustain it or not. You know, And he may be better suited for the bullpen. It's hard to tell. Whitlock, same deal. And Paxton's a starter. And Corey Kluber, again, he is Nick Pavetta, except he doesn't throw as hard and he doesn't walk guys and he doesn't give up as many bombs 
Corey Kluber is staying in that rotation. So they've got enough starters. Now, I, I say you have enough. You can never have enough. I mean, ask the Atlanta Braves, who have lost uh, Kyle Wright. Uh, they lost Max Fried, who was supposed to start today's game against the Red Sox. But uh, he's on the IL now, so you can never have enough. I mean, the Mets have had injury issues. You know, there's a lot of teams that, that you know, think they have enough pitching, and then before you know it, you don't. Um, so, you know, and, and you, you, you keep Nick Pavetta in the bullpen as an emergency, as a long inning guy, you know, when you get a, when you get a guy that goes out and pitches like Nick Pavetta did last night, where you can bring him in in the second or third inning. And I was screaming for Alex Cora to get him the hell out of there last night in the second inning when it was obvious he didn't have it. And yet they left him in there for four innings. Oh, and good for Charlie Morton, who's like 112 years old, the guy that went to high school in Connecticut, Joel Barlow High School, and uh, he just continues to find a way. Six solid innings, five hits, two runs, struck out seven. He made one mistake. He gave up a home run to uh, uh, to Justin Turner. But outside of that, he was great. I mean, it's just – and you can't ask this batting order – to fix all your problems. You can't expect them to go out and score nine runs every night, but that's, you know, that's what they've been doing. So it just, it's just awful. So the Red Sox will throw Brian Bayo today. Don't know who the brave starter is going to be as of yet, because it was supposed to be Max Freed. It may end up being a bullpen day. They may call somebody up from AAA. Don't know uh, what to expect tonight, uh, but the bats better be ready. Because they've got to continue to overcome. Uh, and I mentioned James Paxton is back. Uh, he will be activated today. He will pitch on Friday against the St. Louis Cardinals at home. And, look, he made five starts in Worcester, had an ERA of just a little over three in his starts. Uh, he had one. They tried to bring him out of the bullpen, uh, got two outs, and gave up like seven runs. It was an absolute disaster. So that's not happening at the major league level. So when he comes up, he's starting. He's in that rotation. And he hasn't pitched, by and large, for mostly three years. And let me tell you something. He's got to be better than Nick Pavetta. Got to be. I can't, I, just, I can't continue to watch this guy, you know, them run him out there. Just awful. Uh, I guess the good news, uh, if you're a Red Sox fan, the, uh, the Baltimore Orioles beat the Tampa Bay Rays last night 4-2. to two. Uh, Adley Rutschman, another big day. This kid continues. Uh, he hits a home run. Uh, hitting 275, just I love that kid. I mean, uh, just a, a, a catcher that can hit and is a good defensive catcher as well. Big fan. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez continues his growth, uh, the rookie pitcher, five and two-thirds, seven hits, two runs. After a couple of rough starts to begin his career, he has really settled down. He is now 2-0, and uh, and uh, they beat the Rays 4-2. So the Rays, my God, the Rays lost. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, Tampa's now 29-8. and eight. Uh, Baltimore is five and a half games back. So they are in the ball. They're, they're in shouting distance. Uh, those two will play again today. It'll be uh, Dean Kremer for Baltimore. He's 3-1. and one. Uh, Jalen Beeks is going to start 
for the Rays, that means he's going to be an opener. He'll go two or three innings. Uh, and uh, then the Rays will bring out that outstanding bullpen. and uh, you know. But the Orioles are looking for a series win, and uh, the rest of the American League East is rooting hard for them. I know I am. Uh, other action around the American League East yesterday, the Yankees uh, beat the Oakland Athletics. There's a shock. <laughs> 10 to 5. Uh, Oakland falls to uh, 8 and 29. Oakland is on pace, ladies and gentlemen, to go 36 and 126 this season. You, 36 and 126. Uh, they are averaging at home about 10,000 people a game, and there is no doubt why they are leaving for Las Vegas because nobody's coming. But, you know, again, you I, I don't know that you can blame the fans in Oakland when you have an owner who won't put money into the team and constantly puts out crap on the field. What can you expect? Uh, Clark Schmidt got the start for the Yankees last night, picked up his first win as a starter, went six innings, only gave up two runs. Uh, Aaron Judge was back in the lineup last night, drove in a couple of runs, did not have a hit. Uh, but uh, Glaber Torres uh, with a, a home run last night, uh, and uh, three hits for Harrison Bader. Uh, Bowers drove in three runs. Uh, so the Yankees just kind of did their thing. Ten runs on ten hits, and uh, the A's lose again. Uh, I mentioned the other day about the A's new ballpark in Las Vegas and about how the ownership was it was going to be like a 46-acre site, and uh, the owner was planning on developing hotels and uh, all these other things. And now word came down yesterday uh, that they have altered it. They now are going to go to a different site. They're going to be where the Tropicana Casino is, which has been closed. They're going to demolish it. It is now owned by Bally's after it closed. Uh, it's a 34-acre site. They're going to demolish that, and they're going to put in a 35,000-seat retractable dome. And Bally's is going to be the one to uh, build hotels and stuff around it. So the public financing part of it goes from like $500 million down to $350 million, which will make it a little bit more palatable, I guess, uh, to the the Las Vegas Town Council. So uh, they're still going. It's just going to be at a different site. And I think um, Oakland ownership has found out that maybe they had bit off more than they could chew, and uh, they so they have decided to go to a different site. But they will open that stadium. Uh, hopefully their plans are to open it for opening day on 2027. Their lease in Oakland expires after the 2024 season. It will be interesting to see if they stay there on a year-to-year basis or if they will look for a different place to play their games until they go to their new stadium uh, in Las Vegas. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, the other American uh, League East game yesterday, the Blue Jays lose. Uh, the Phillies beat them 8-4. to Nick Castellanos, uh, three for four, had a home run, two runs batted in. Uh, Alec Manoa, not very good again. Uh, he has struggled quite a bit this year for the uh, Toronto Blue Jays, the outspoken young pitcher. Uh, but uh, he got whacked around a little bit last night. And Castellanos, a little bit of a resurgence. Everybody thought that maybe this guy was dead. He came to Philly last year, wasn't very good. Uh, uh, hit uh, just 263 last year after hitting over 300 with Cincinnati. 
Well, guess what? His batting average is up this year uh, to 317. His on-base percentage and his slugging are up considerably. He's looking like the old Nick Castellanos. They will complete that series today. Phillies will send out Zach Wheeler, Toronto, with uh, Kevin Gaussman. Uh, if you remember, Kevin Gaussman's last outing was against the Red Sox, and he got absolutely battered. It is 44 minutes past the hour. One more break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 46 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call here on a Wednesday morning. Uh, the Houston Astros uh, did something that nobody else had done this year. They beat Shohei Otani when he was on the mound. Look, Otani looked really good. I watched uh, this after the uh, Red Sox game was over yesterday. Uh, first four innings, he was unhittable. Uh, but they came out in the fifth and had uh, four straight hits against them, and they end up winning this game 3-1. Uh, to one. In the process last night, though, uh, Shohei Otani uh, d- passed Babe Ruth uh, in career strikeouts. <laughs> There's something you never thought you'd hear, right? <laughs> passed him in career strikeouts. Uh, the Babe struck out 500 in his career, uh, and uh, Otani passed him when he struck out Jeremy Pena in the second inning. And uh, here's a shock. Shohei Otani and Babe Ruth are the only players in Major League history to strike out more than 500 batters uh, while also hitting 100 home runs. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, but anyway, uh, Otani looked really good, just had really one shaky inning. Uh, but uh, the Astros win that one by a final of 3-1. to one. It's one that they needed uh, because the Texas Rangers uh, lose to the Seattle Mariners yesterday 5 to nothing. Uh, so now Houston, three and a half back of Texas. Uh, they trail the Angels by a game and a half. Uh, it was George Kirby who was great for the Mariners last night. He struck out uh, nine in seven innings. Uh, Tom Murphy uh, with a home run for the Mariners, and they, uh, they win that one easily. Uh, Ty France with a two-run single in the third inning. Uh, he's got a seven-game hitting streak now, and uh, that was an easy victory for the Mariners last night. Uh, by the way, uh, news on Jacob DeGrom for the Mar- uh, the Rangers. They said that he's throwing off a mound, but it's really just kind of a casual thing, and they still believe that he is weeks away from coming back. That's not good news if you are uh, the, the Rangers with the kind of money that you gave to him. But, look, you know, it's a long season. It's a long contract that he signed. They are going to take it very, very slow. But that, definitely not the news uh, that Ranger fans wanted to hear yesterday. Uh, the Mets lose yesterday. And this is getting a bit concerning in New York. The $350 million team loses to the Cincinnati Reds yesterday 7-6. And... They were down 7-1 in this game. I mean, they made a hell of a run late to try to uh, come back and win this one. But this Mets team has now lost 12 of their last 15 games. 12 of 15. Buck Showalter got uh, ejected last night. There was a play in the fifth inning, and... Uh, it appeared that Kevin Newman may have interfered by sticking his arm up to get hit with a a, a ball that was uh, uh, thro- uh, that was hit, but uh, and he argued and got thrown out. Uh, you have to wonder if Buck Showalter's feeling the heat because you, you know, look, that's a lot of money that Steve Cohen has spent, and this Mets team is now two games under. 500 at 17 and 19. They are now eight games back 
of the Atlanta Braves. 17 and 19. They haven't been under 500 since the end of the 2021 season. Uh, their record, folks, is barely better than the Reds, who spend no money. The Reds are 15 and 20 after winning that game last night. That's just brutal. Um, the start was supposed to be long to Max Scherzer last night. He got scratched just prior to the game with a neck issue. Uh, so David Peterson got called up from the minors uh, to make the start, got battered around. It's not his fault. Uh, you know, he wasn't ready. Uh, three, and, three and two-thirds innings, seven hits, four runs. Um, and uh, the bullpen wasn't much better. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying a Buck Showalter is going to get fired, but, you know, you, you look at some of these teams where much was expected and little is happening early in the season, and you have to wonder. Justin Verlander is going to make his second start of the season today for the Mets. It'll be Hunter Green, uh, who is one of the hardest-throwing starters in Major League Baseball. His fastball averages 98.9 miles an hour. Uh, and uh, But he's 0-2 this season. But he will make the start for the Cincinnati Reds uh, against the Mets. And, uh, you know, oof. There's people ready to, to start to, uh, jumping off of bridges in New York with the way the Mets are playing right now. Uh, the Dodgers uh, lost their starting pitcher, Noah Syndergaard, in the first inning. Uh, <laughs> talk about bizarre injury. Noah Syndergaard said before the game he went to use the restroom and he looked down and his hand was bleeding. And he tried to pitch with it. He went through an inning and it, it, it looked like the index finger was, you know, was just going to get worse, so they pulled him out. He looked down and said, how do you not know that you cut your finger? And what the hell did you cut it on going to the bathroom? Your zipper? That's just bizarre. So he lasts an inning. And so then the Dodgers have to go to the bullpen. They use seven guys out of the bullpen. And they win the game. They beat the Milwaukee Brewers uh, by a final of 6-2. to Uh, (laughs) I just don't know how you cut your finger going to the bathroom. Uh, but uh, the Dodgers will look for the series victory uh, today. Clayton Kershaw will go against Wade Miley. Uh, and by the way, what, this is a great pitching matchup, and I can't believe I'm saying that. Obviously, Clayton Kershaw, but Wade Miley, you know, I remember when he pitched for the Red Sox, he was like, meh. This guy has really, the last few years, turned in a, a hell of a performance for these Brewers. He is 3-1 and one with a 2-3-1 ERA. So those two will take uh, the mound in the series conclusion uh, coming up this evening. Um, the Cardinals have won three in a row now. They beat the Cubs yesterday 6-4. to four. Uh, Paul DeYoung uh, with a home run along with Nolan Gorman. Lars Newtbar also with a homer. Uh, and so that is the season-long winning streak for the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, three games. They are now 13-24. and 24. Yikes. Uh, with a three-game winning streak. Uh, they are just 6-13 and 13 in their home ballpark. They are playing better baseball on the road than they are uh, at home. Uh, brutal. Chris Stratton ends up uh, with the win. He got four outs for the win. And uh, Giovanni Gallegos uh, pitched the ninth. He picked up his second save of the season. Uh, but uh, prior to winning three in a row, the Cardinals had lost eight in a row and 15 of 18. Uh, they will continue the series today. It'll be Justin Steele. Uh, against Jordan Montgomery in that one. The Padres win last night. They beat the Minnesota Twins by a final of 6-1. to one. Uh, A three-error seventh inning by the Twins 
the difference in this one. Michael Walker picks up his first win of the season for the Padres. Um, and uh, uh, it was uh, Manny Machado with a home run uh, in the eighth inning was the uh, kind of the cushion that the uh, the Padres needed to win this game. Look, the Twins still lead the American League Central by two games, but they've scored a grand total of six runs in their last four games. Uh, they are last in Major League Baseball in batting average. They are hitting two twenty as a team. You know, I talked about how amazing it is that the Red Sox are five games over five hundred with a with an ERA of over six by their starting pitchers. It's amazing to me that the Minnesota Twins are over five hundred with a two twenty. Uh, team batting average. That's unbelievable. Uh, but uh, Cleveland got a win that they needed yesterday. The Guardians blanked the uh, Detroit Tigers 2-0. Uh, Shane Bieber uh, struck out uh, nine over six innings. Uh, Ahmed Rosario uh, with an RBI triple uh, to go along with uh, three other hits. He had a four-hit night, and uh, the Guardians beat the Tigers 2 nothing. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back. It's going, it's going to be a little while. As I said, we will be off the next two days this week. We will be off all of next week as I head out to El Paso, Texas. We will be back with you on May the 22nd. I, uh, I hope you don't miss me too much. Uh, we're going to leave you this morning. I didn't have a chance to talk about this last week because uh, I was building the deck, but uh, Gordon Lightfoot passed away, one of my all-time favorite artists, um, passed away at the age of uh, 84. And uh, on our way out this morning, I just want to pay a little homage to uh, Gordon Lightfoot. Here's Sundown. We'll see you on the 22nd of May. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.